2: I'm going to a city that's set on a hill, its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city.
3: Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio. And I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have a website, propheticnews.com. We have a YouTube channel that's under my name, Susan Puzio. And I would appreciate it if you would go to YouTube. If you go to YouTube and watch any of my videos They tell you to like and subscribe, and the reason they ask you to do that is because it helps with the algorithms so that your program, and I think we have some good information on the video. So I would like to see that uh, we get more hits there because in the past, we had thousands of views on a lot of the videos, and then it went down. I don't know if they were shadow banning which they like to do but anyway if you go to the youtube channel i would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe we don't have any commercials on there so commercial free thank god (laughs) anyway and then we have of course our two books see faith can a man bribe god how false teachers manipulate and hypnotize you for offerings, and then pull a white heretic in the White House, the miracle-selling huckster who became the spiritual advisor to the world's most powerful man. Now, I know I've said it before, and I'll say it again. How did that happen? But it happened. It happened. So, all right. We have sound. Praise God. Yeah, we had some major issues, and with the equipment, with the computer. And so we're up and running, praise God. And we're grateful that uh, we could get this show going. But you never know what's going to happen. It's like 2.30 this morning, all our electricity went off. So <laughs> I was glad they get, got it back on because I'm thinking, well, I won't be able to do it program today, but thank God we're here. So all those things are available for you. And of course, we have all our programs archived since 2009. Every program is on Blog Talk Radio in the archives. So if you wanted to listen to any of the past broadcasts, and there's been some great ones that we've done, They're all available for you there. And uh, we've got some news this week that one of the guests that we had, Dave James, who did some great work about uh, Jonathan Cahn and his Shemitas and Harbingers and whatever. I think he he wrote the book Harbinger Factor Fiction, Dave James. But his programs are there in our archives from years ago, but he passed away last week. And so we were, we were sorry to hear about that. He was only 63. And then we have uh, two of my friends that had the uh, coronavirus. One one of my friends that was very sick. She was she's still on oxygen at home. But when she went to the hospital, this was I guess five or six weeks ago, because she was having breathing problems. They told her that they wouldn't treat her unless they could intubate her and put her on a ventilator. And she said no. And so then they said, well, you have to leave the hospital. Like there wasn't anything else they could do for her. But anyway, she did leave the hospital. And some friends of hers, which are angels, they took her home with them and they cared for her. And she found a good doctor from American Frontline Doctors, they have a whole list of doctors that'll treat you with different things like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. And and, uh, they gave, I think she had the hydroxychloroquine and she had the budesonide in an inhaler. And of course the oxygen tank, but she's progressing. She's, she's doing better than they thought she was going to do. Of course they told her, if you don't let us put you on a ventilator, you're going to die. And, but anyway, she's not dead and she's slowly recovering. It's some people really get hit hard. So she got, she got hit pretty hard. She, she couldn't go up the stairs and without getting out of breath, which that happens to quite a few people. So, and then I had another friend that was had two vaccinations and he came down with it. He's a, a friend in his 70s and he wound up in the hospital but he's out of the hospital now so praise god for that but this this virus is still alive and well out there and we 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 still have to be careful whether people chose to get a vaccine or not you're still susceptible to it and it could be quite devastating it's an awful thing it's an awful thing that to think that they made this virus in a lab and it's not a conspiracy theory it's it's a fact that even the uh fauci dr so called fauci and the people that were involved in these testing and creating these viruses in china And they, it was specifically developed to affect the lungs of human beings. Now imagine that, it's insane, it's really insane. But there was also some news that's come out the past few weeks about some of these experiments. I'm wondering why is this guy still working in the government for the United States of America that someone that was, uh, they call him doctor, but I wonder, doing these experiments on dogs And monkeys uh, torturing them, basically. And then also doing an experiment on AIDS orphans. You you can't even make this stuff up. It's so barbaric. So you wonder what's what's going on in the so-called civilized society that we live in. And people that don't know the Lord, they're apt to do anything. Anything can happen, but we see this virus unleashed all over the the earth and who's yet to pay the penalty for unleashing this thing. So I I suspect that uh, there'll be more things that will come forward, time goes on. Information, sometimes it leaks out. Slow because they don't want you to know everything at one time. You notice that it kind of leaks out slowly. So I guess when something happens, say like this virus happened almost two years ago, and they managed to have a story that it was created from some wet market, which who believed that, And uh, so then, slowly but surely, the information's been coming out about how it was created. And did it leak? Was it done on purpose? Because we can see now, really, in in the world that we live in, they don't even really need nuclear weapons. All they need is a virus. They could unleash a virus on the whole world. And what happened when this thing first hit and it was as bad as it was that... There were lockdowns. You would drive down the road and everything was closed. All the restaurants were closed. Doors were closed. It was very, very eerie. And so we live in strange times that we never thought we were going to live in ever. And so we have to be prepared for just about anything. And we have to be strong as far as our walk with the Lord because there's so much deception out there when you think about the the uh, numerous false teachers and false prophets who who are corrupting people by the thousands and really by the millions and there's just just a small remnant of people that haven't compromised And they want to stand for the truth no matter what. So God has his people and that won't bow the knee and they won't compromise their ministries and they won't compromise the gospel for any reason. So we thank God for those good people that are out there preaching the gospel and trying to help people get through these times that we're living in because Truly, the days are evil, and when we see all this evil around us, we have to try to stay strong in the Lord and know who labors among us, know the brethren, and especially stay in the word of God, because the word of God is our guidebook that Jesus gave us. He is the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we can base everything that we believe on the word of God. I had somebody I made this video about this so-called prophet that was at Paula White's church a few weeks ago and he was telling people that if they gave a $100 and he was saying that I'm getting this word from the Lord, and the Lord is telling me that if you'll give $100, God can save your children. He can save them from accidents. He could save them from suicide. Well, there's no such word from God like that. No. So I had somebody send me a comment, and his comment was, well, you can't say that because it was a divine instruction it was a divine instruction from God. Like, what God are you talking about? Because I, I, you show me a scripture where God ever talked like that, ever. There's no scripture like that. So if there's no scripture for that and Jesus never talked like that, then it never happened. And it can't ever happen. So, But you can see how people are so deceived that they won't look to the word of God. They'll go. And listen to some prophet before they'll listen to thus saith the Lord. So I wrote back to him and told him that Jesus never talked like that. It's demonic. When anybody says, when they hold up and they have the envelopes, they have the envelopes that they want you to put your money in, these guys, and they're holding the envelopes. And he's (laughs) he's wiping the envelopes on his sweat. And he's saying something about, now my sweat is on the envelope. Like, what's that supposed to mean? I don't want your sweat on my envelope. And and uh, then he takes the envelopes and he throws them up in the air and they land on the floor. And the people are running up to pick these envelopes off the floor. That's, that's how bad it was. Huh. That's how desperate these people were for a miracle for their children. And yet... You you want to be upset at the people that held this meeting. You want to be upset at this man that's telling the people this. But you also want to be upset at the people that would be so foolish to run up there and pick these envelopes up off the floor with the guy's sweat on it and put $100 in the envelope so Jesus will save their children. When Jesus already died on the cross, I don't, what more do you want? It's like, <laughs> what more... What more could you ask for? The gift is free. So we have our work cut out for us. We have our work cut out for us. And I I felt, I I really felt sorry for those people. There was hundreds of them that went up to pick these envelopes up and put their $100 in. And uh, some of them were crying and they were putting the envelopes on what, what they call the altar and they were laying their hands on the envelopes and the husbands and wives were putting their arms around each other and, and praying over these envelopes. And I'm thinking, wow, uh, all you have to do is pray yourself for your children. You don't have to give some crazy, crazy man, a hundred dollars, but a hundred dollars and you have uh How many people going up? Two or three hundred. So that's a good haul, right? But I wouldn't want to be them. Who cares about the money when you have to answer to God one day for your actions? And what kind of uh, Christian compassion is that to take advantage of hurting people in that way? So it's despicable, but it it goes on all the time. And uh, we have so many of these so called pastors and teachers out there that they want to tell you that you're a little god. Of course, when I was in the word of faith movement, it it was a big thing that they love that scripture where it said, And greater works shall you do and so oh, they like to think that they were gonna do greater works than Jesus. It it's not that we would do anything greater than Jesus because, of course, we could never match him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we could never match all the things he did while he walked on the earth, but there's a greater number of us, so that's what the scripture meant. But Word of Faith people love to think that they can do greater works than Jesus and uh, imagine that. But it's a deception it's it's a deception but it's a big deception because there's so many people that are teaching this type of thing and then of course it appeals to people's ego and their pride to think wow i've got some power and but you the thing is when you're when you have a crisis in your life say you have an incurable disease you realize pretty quickly that you don't really have any power in yourself. Unless God helps you, you're not getting help. And so for some of these people that are saying that they're little gods and and they have all this power and when when they have to go through a crisis, what's going to happen to their faith? So, we're not supposed to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We're always dependent on God for everything that we need, for everything that we do. We need God's help. And it's better to have that attitude than to uh, have an attitude of pride and self-worth because they talk a, a lot about you have to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then how can you love anybody else? Well, I I, I can look at myself and I I realize that I'm a sinner. And that's why I need a savior because I need God's help every day in my life. And we're walking a straight and narrow path and we want to stay on that straight and narrow path. And every day we face different temptations and all our temptations are different, but we have to put our trust in God. We can't have that mindset that, oh, I'm going to love myself, and I'm just going to think positive, and then everything's going to be great. Well, you you can love yourself all you want, but that's not going to solve all your problems or, or uh, get you through life we love God first and we love our neighbor as ourselves that's the bible way so i know people say well i've had a lot of rejection in my life so i have to have some kind of self worth you need to find your worth in God because you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it from people you're going to be disappointed with people No matter who it is, your best friend, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, you're going to be disappointed at times when you put your faith and trust in people to give you self-worth. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross to give us salvation, to make us a new creation. He made us righteous in him. And so that should be enough because it's kind of like psychobabble when people say, Well, we have we have to love ourselves and we have to have self worth. I realized that you know, I was I was pretty worthless without God. And it was only because of what, what when I was born again in nineteen eighty one and Jesus totally transformed my life and I'm forever grateful for that. But I remember where I came from and I remember what he did for me and that's where I get my worth. And that's a good place to get your worth because you're not going to get it from human beings. You could try all you want to achieve some success, what people think is success in life. But true success in life is serving the Lord Jesus Christ until we die and keeping the faith no matter what we have to go through and to love other people enough to tell them the truth about salvation and to tell them the truth about the gospel. So that should be sufficient for us. It's the best thing to do is to trust God to read his word, to know his word, and to stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So, But we're going to play these audios that I have here today, and you'll hear a variety of these false teachers like Benny Hinn and Paula White and some others that it's it's quite shocking, the things that they say. And it's dangerous, really. It's very, very dangerous because it really hurts people in the end. It hurts people in the end when they turn people away from the Lord Jesus. And they're trying to create these believers who are going to shake nations and they're history makers, and i I don't care about making history history Jesus made all the history that I'm ever gonna need, so why am i s- why am I supposed to be trying to make history? and most people are never gonna be a world shaker because they can't even shake their own household, <laughs> so, <laughs> but they like to tell you you're gonna be a a world shaker, and so Well, that's a big, tall task. I I don't know too many people walking the earth today that are world shakers and history makers, because there's a a lot of preachers that have gone on before us that they made history, but they didn't make it in the best way, right? (laughs) Yeah, They made history, but it was either that they committed adultery or they went bankrupt or they were scamming people. Yeah, there's been a lot of headlines. But there's very few headlines where you, you hear of an evangelist making history for Jesus. That's, that's the kind of history that we want to make, though, is history for Jesus. So what did you do for the Lord Jesus Christ while you were here? And Anyway, here's some clips. He's
4: a part of God. He's a little God walking in a little body. Saying in Jesus' name, God came from heaven, became a man, made man into little gods, went back to heaven as a man. He faces the father as a man. I said, devils are the son of God. Jesus said, go in my name, go in my stead. Don't say I have, say I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Say after me, within me, is the God man. Say it again. Within me is a God-man. Now, let's say even better than that, let's say I am a God-man. Because you are divine. We've got to get you acquainted with your divinity.
5: When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too.
6: You know, here's where it's going to get big for some people. Get ready. Go ahead. Email me now in that place. Go ahead. You tap into who you really are. You know what the Bible calls you? It says you are a little Elohim. You are a little God. How many of you are children
5: of God? Oh, see, no, listen, listen.
6: nobody has problems saying, I'm a child
7: of
5: God. Everybody has problems saying, I'm a little G. Oh, everybody has
4: problems saying, listen, let no, 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 let's get down to it. Everybody got problems saying, I'm a god. Yeah. See, look, you just had a problem. <gasps> but I didn't say it. He said it. When you say, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I am Mashiach in the Hebrew. I'm a little Messiah walking on earth, in other words.
3: that's quite shocking, isn't it? Benny Hinn saying, you're a little Mashiach walking the earth. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. It's shocking. But here's Benny Hinn. And he's very popular. He's got a big following. And he's messed up. Very, very messed up. Here's some more audio. Ouch.
8: That arch extended from creation, the creation of Adam and Eve, all the way to deification,
5: becoming gods by grace. Are you kidding me? He was a man and somehow he was God all at once. You can't call him ordinary, but don't you understand that's what he's saying about us now. He was God all at once. You can't call him ordinary, but don't you understand that's what he's saying about us now. Like right now you're looking at a person who is not just a person. God and man all at once. We
8: become gods by grace.
5: Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. We become
8: gods by grace. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh,
3: I wonder how many of us out there would say, oh, yeah, when we were born again, we knew we became gods. No, when we were born again, we knew we were we were wretched. We The scales came off, remember? The song Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. Yeah, the scales came off. And then we saw how wretched we really were. And I remember being in the Word of Faith movement, and, and when they would sing that song Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. They wouldn't say wretch, No they put in the word that saves someone like me. No, they wouldn't say it because they didn't want you to have a negative confession about yourself. <laughs> but I've been around a long time now and I've witnessed human nature. And so anybody could do anything at any time and we see it. Uh, born again people can do things that are quite shocking. So. It's a good idea to have it in your head. I'm not going to think more highly of myself than I ought. And I don't think it's going to affect your face at all because they like to tell you, well, don't make that negative confession because you might might believe it and and it might do something to your self-esteem. Well, I'm not going to esteem myself more highly than I ought. That's what the Bible says. So I think it's a better way to live because then you're you won't be so disappointed in in your in your own self when you do things that human beings can do without god and i don't know how people make it you see all the things that are going on in the world now and people that don't have god they they do crazy things and so i don't know how they could make it through life at all without having someone to lean on people said one time oh well Jesus is a crutch and so somebody said well if he's a crutch give me two and amen to that I don't mind him being my crutch here's some more audio I'm
6: in that place in that place, here's where it's gonna get big for some people. Get ready. go ahead, email me now in that place. Go ahead. You tap into who you really are. You know what the Bible calls you? It says you are a little Elohim. You are a little God. And I'm not saying you are God. Don't don't get me on any flaky like but your your spirit right. is God. Right. God. Right. And when you begin to understand that now start wrapping that so you have in your heart, your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions, a memory of your future in the presence of God in worship. Mm-hmm. When his presence is in there, then I am enlightened right. of who I really am, right. what I can really do, right. and what I really walk in.
8: You know, you're the children of the month. How many of you are children
6: of God? Oh, see, no, listen, listen.
5: Nobody has problems saying,
8: I'm a child of God.
5: Everybody has problems saying, I'm a little genius. Oh, everybody has a problem
3: saying, listen, no, 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 let's get down to it. Everybody got a problem saying, I'm a god yeah. yeah, I guess I have a problem saying that. Yeah, I guess I have a problem saying that. Paula <laughs> White and little dollar. I guess I have a problem saying that because it's it's really a new age belief. Is to uh, attain Godhead. They talk about it a lot in the New Age movement that you can be like God, and you can. They like to say the same thing over and over again, and they have these meditations and they have these mantras that you can recite. And then when you can get to a certain plane, then you can be like God. So it's basically a New Age way of thinking. Because there there are scriptures that talk about it as far as let's see, Psalm eighty two, six, I have said ye are gods and all of you are children of the most high God. So when you look at these scriptures, it's not the scripture isn't really saying that you are a god. It's you are gods, you belong to God. <laughs> but we have these people there that they like to twist the scripture. And interpret that as saying, "Ye are gods," but no, you're children of the Most High God. So to me, that's what that means. But here's a couple of uh, clips from the New Age movement, and you'll see the uh, contrast here. And then
0: I realized what I am, and that I am meant. It was
2: God saying to us, "I am that. I am." It. And by the way, who God was pointing to when God said that was me.
0: And you. And anyone. God is with us all the time because, because, of course, she can't be other than with us since there is no other place to be except right here, right now. It says there's no other person to be with except that which God is, which is you. See, there's, there's no separation. I, I promise you, the problem is misidentification. When you are willing to identify yourself as that which God is, then you will feel God in you, as you, moving through you now. The I Amness principle
1: is the godly, the godly principle inside this body. I AM is your God and your own Self. It is, it is not an object. I AM itself is like the, the aperture through which the Infinite can perceive manifestation.
0: Of Pastor Joel, you know, a few months ago I saw one of his sermons called "I Am," and uh, I said, "Now that is a life class." And I instantly sent him a text because we text each other. All the time. <laughs> because he was basically teaching one of my all-time favorite life lessons, and that is, you become what you believe. Get up in the morning and invite good things into your life. I am blessed. I am strong, I am talented, I am disciplined, I am focused, I am prosperous. When you talk like that, talent gets summoned by Almighty God, go find that person. Health, strength, abundance, discipline starts heading your way. Nelson Mandela, beyond his legacy uh, for dealing with apartheid, was known literally as the embodiment, the physical embodiment of this idea called Ubuntu. And, and that idea, essentially, in a nutshell, is, is a very New Age concept. And so he was basically known as the figurehead for this very New Age kind of ideology. So that's what made sense to me, is that beyond what he actually physically accomplished in the way of apartheid, what really made the man popular and what makes him popular is his status in this Ubuntu ideology, religion, which is basically New Age ideology. Oh, it goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel, ancient Babel. And the Bible talks about a a one-world religion emerging, that the Antichrist will preside over. And so what happened back in the days of Babel is that all nations, all peoples were all present and unified under a single banner, you could say. And um, this was before they were scattered. And so what Ubuntu represents is essentially that same ideology that man had back in those days of Babel. The people said, we will build a tower into heaven. Essentially what they were saying is, is as above, so below. They're saying that we are God corporately, and we will rise up against the God of heaven, essentially. And so what this Ubuntu concept really means is, Humanity is corporately God. In a, in a nutshell, Ubuntu means I am, meaning I am God because you are God. And so, it, 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 again, it, it's an idea that appeals to, certainly, the flesh.
5: When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself, I mean a reproduction of himself, and in the Garden of Eden he did that. He was not a little like God, he was not almost like God, he was not um, subordinate to God even. And Adam is as much like God as you could get. Just the same as Jesus, when he came into the earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wasn't a lot like God. He's God manifested in the flesh. And I want you to know something. Adam in the Garden of Eden was God
3: manifested in the flesh. I don't think so. That's a, Adam, he was a pure, poor excuse for God, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Copeland. Now, he's way out there. He's way out there. But years ago, of course, when uh, I was coming out of Word of Faith movement back in when I finally left that movement in 1997. And, of course, we didn't have the Internet and it was hard to get audio clips of people saying things. So if you would, he came out with these statements and if you would tell people, your former friends that were still in the Word of Faith movement, if you would tell them that Kenneth Copeland said these things, they say, oh, no, no, I never heard him say that. Well, you couldn't prove it at the time. It was harder to find this kind of information. Of course, now we have the Internet and we have the, the uh, their videos and it's easier to get a clip and send it to somebody to prove your case. So we thank God really the, uh, the internet has given us the ability to out these people for what they really are. They're heretics of the worst kind. And they, but they have big followings. Kenneth Copeland has his own television network. Now the victory channel And it's 24-hour-a-day heresy. And it takes a lot of money to have your own channel on satellite. So, and supposedly, he's worth over a billion dollars. He has his own airport, and he has a a few jets and a huge house. I think his house is something like 15,000 or 18,000 square feet, and uh, very, very wealthy. So, but really, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And to have that kind of mindset that he has—that he's a a little god. He when when they say I am, he says I am too. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Here's another New Age clip.
0: That's it, it again. It's it's an idea that appeals to certainly the flesh. When I
5: read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am, do. God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself. Soul that spirit with all that information that predates this planet, even this creation.
0: We are all a God because we came from the source and we are a part of it and we will continue to be a part of it and as we're part of the creators, we are also creators ourselves. Once you realize this, you can create anything you want in your life because there's no difference. Remember Jesus even said in the Bible, these things I do, you can all do and more. There is nothing special. We all have these abilities. We just don't realize it and we put them in the background. Jesus was.
5: Jesus said that every human being was a God. It is written that you are gods. I'm a God and you're a God. And I'm a God and I'm going to stay a God until you recognize that you're a God and when you recognize you're a God I shall go back into principle and will not appear as a personality. You are God. Until I see all of you knowing who you are I'm going to be very much what I am. God oh!
4: I am a Yes, yes. I have his name. I'm one with him. I'm in covenant, really. When I look in the mirror, I see God. Oh, hallelujah.
8: The pope and God are the same. So he has all power in heaven and earth. Pope Nicholas I declared that the appellation of God had been confirmed by Constantine on the pope, who, being God, cannot be judged by man. The Pope is not only the representative of Jesus Christ, he is Jesus Christ himself, hidden under the veil of the flesh. Now this blasphemy is not just limited to the Popes. The priests themselves have proclaimed themselves to be a god on earth as well. The Bishop of Fort Wayne literally sanctioned the following Vatican-approved statement that says, what sublime dignity is the office of the Christian priest, who is thus privileged to act as the ambassador and the viceregent of Christ on earth? He continues the essential ministry of Christ. He teaches the faithful with the authority of Christ. He pardons the penitent sinner with the power of Christ. He offers up again the same sacrifice of adoration and atonement which Christ offered on Calvary. No wonder that the name which spiritual writers are especially fond of applying to the priest is that of Alter Christus. Which means, for the priest is, and should be, another Christ.
6: You are God, therefore. Yes, you are, as is every other being, part of a creator's consciousness. Every part of creation is alive with intelligent energy.
8: Joseph Smith said this, God himself was once as we are now. It is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heaven. I'm going to tell you how God came to be God. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see he was once a man like us, and you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves. We are going to become gods. Period. If you don't like it, get off. You don't have to contribute. You don't have to participate. If you're going to interfere with me becoming God, I'll have big trouble, and we will have warfare. <laughs> the only way you could prevent me in this in this 50 year, is to kill me. you kill me, I'll kill you. So evolution is a spiritual process, bringing us closer to God. And technological evolution is now running a million times faster than biological evolution. And ultimately, we will vastly, ultimately trillions fold, expand our creativity and our uh, sense of humor and our ability to love, and we'll become more godlike. In the future, everything will become intelligent. Nanobots will infuse all the matter around us with information rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent computers. <laughs>
3: what a mess Oh, it's like could you imagine one of your friends coming and saying I am God, I am the I am I am a little messiah and you're kind of looking at them like I don't think so <laughs> I've known you for about 30 years <laughs> or uh, your sister or your brother saying something like that you grew up with the person you've known them since birth and they come out and they they say things like that. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's messed up. Here's some more clips. We are all called to be little anointed ones,
7: the representation of Jesus Christ here on the earth, the visible attributes of who he was. We are to subdue, we are to take dominion. <laughs> Jesus was the image of the invisible God. He was the visible, you saw him. He was the visible representation and the visible manifestation of God to us on the earth. He was, beloved, the son of the living God.
5: in the mind of God in the eternities of eternity
2: and I'm coming with the face of a lion before you God you have so changed me that I'm like your son there's more royal blood in me than Prince Charles I'm the son of God if you took my retina scan it would say Jesus Christ if you took my fingerprints or my DNA Jesus Christ so complete is the transformation as far as God is concerned and you know these movies you see where you can only get into high tech places when they scan the right eyelid well, when your eyes go and sometimes sometimes I'll let you into a little secret sometimes when I pray right I say good morning father I know you think it's Jesus because Andrew standing here
4: God came from heaven, became a man, made man into little gods. Went back to heaven as a man. He says of the father as a man. I say devils are the son of God. you see what I'm going on? He says, Ben, am I a little God? You're a son of God, aren't you? You're a child of God, aren't you? You're a daughter of God, aren't you? What what else are you? What's your nonsense? What else are you? If you say I am, you're saying I'm a part of him, right? Is he God? Are you his offspring? Are you his children? You can't be human.
3: (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) You can't be human. Oh, dear. We need help. But anyway, here's Jim Jones. This sounds familiar.
9: You cannot tell me and say, yes, something out there is loving that you cannot say. Because if you go by the fruit of what it means, two out of three babies going to bed hungry, that's not love. To make people a certain color and then to suffer all their days long just because they've got beautiful black skin, To work for half the pay in this state of California, to pay twice the rent, to be cheated every time they move, to walk in a department store and have everybody waited on before you get
7: waited on. No, that's not love. Whoever made you did not love you. I did not make you, but my damn I.
9: in your little smoke pipe. You get it in your cut and you chew it. Savior I am. A redeemer I am. A deliverer I am. A father I am. I can save you when you're in jail just like I brought that man out of the jail just a few moments and I can promise I can make prophecies and keep them just like I prophesied life to her son and he lived. Just like I promised Dr. Here, Reverend 92, that he would not back to jail and I paid my money and got him out. Just like when his leg was broke the same day, I healed it. He didn't have to have a splint. He didn't have to have a cast. I healed it before they had the time to set it. I came to him and healed it. Oh, yes, I can heal you. Oh, yes, I can raise you from the dead. Oh, yes, I can open your blinded
7: eyes. Oh, yes, I can get you out of prison. Oh, yes, I'll give you a home. Oh, yes, I'll take you in when you're lonely. Oh, yes, I'll make a heaven out of your hell. But I'm against your brother God, I'm at war with your brother God, I've come here
9: to defeat your brother God. no preacher in America that loves you so much that when we need money so badly to prepare for our exodus, because you'll have to leave just as sure as the children did under Moses from Egypt. We'll have to find ourselves places place to shoot out in the mountains, we need supplies. We need all kinds of supplies, even getting distilled water. We have to take care of every provision, sanitary equipment, all kinds of medical supplies.
3: It's very frightening when you listen to Jim Jones, and he's basically saying the same things that Benny Hinn is saying, and Kenneth Copeland, and Paula White, and Morris Cerillo, and Crespo Dollar, and Stephen Furtick, the likes of these people. It's very, very frightening because he he said the, the same thing. I'm I am God. I'm your savior. I'm your healer. And we have these we have these Uh, people that people flock to for these uh, healing services. I know Jesus is a healer. I know Jesus is a healer, but no human being has healing power. But you have thousands of people flocking to uh, men like Benny Hinn for them to lay hands on them, for them to get healed. And these people are messed up calling themselves God and telling you, you are God. It's like, why would I want somebody like that to lay hands on me? I wouldn't go near a Benny Hinn healing service. No way. And you have the evidence here. There's plenty of other videos and audios out there of these people saying these things about themselves and yet you still have Christians that probably they don't know any better maybe they don't even know really what Benny Hinn believes or what he preaches and you have people going and sitting under their teaching or supporting their so-called ministries with finances and they don't even really know who they're supporting or what these people believe but it's quite shocking to me it when I heard some of these cult leaders saying basically the same things that these preachers are saying, and yet we know that born-again Christians are following these people. We know that. And how are they going to be able to stand in in uh, these days? if they're not grounded, rooted and grounded in the word of God, when you have leaders like this that are so deceived. It's really, really horrible. It's horrible. So we have to try as much as we can, that if we see our friends or people that we love following these false prophets and these false teachers to try to get them this information. And most people then when they have when they have the uh proof of what these people really believe they'll they'll really take it to the Lord, just like I did when I was in the Word of faith movement. It took a long time because I was wrapped up in it for about fifteen years, and I had people giving me books and ministering to me and and trying to show me that these people are basically. Preaching a new age gospel, it's not the real gospel of Jesus Christ. And I did, I did pray about it and I did take it to the Lord and I was convicted. And then I knew that I could no longer read the books and attend the meetings and uh, uh, you have to repent. You have to repent because it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's another gospel. It's another gospel. Let's see if these play the game. Convincing? Then
1: a former Russian traffic cop named Sergei Porov. In the woods of rural Siberia, he is known as Besaria, the teacher. And around 5,000 disciples live around him, growing their own food and feasting on his every word. And my old buddy was trembling. The trembling is not coming again. <laughs> 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 Well, it's uh, uh, very emotional to me. Meanwhile, in London, David Shaler says he is the true Lord of Lords. But unlike Vesarian, no one believes him. That doesn't bother me because I was chosen by God. The former British intelligence agent says his body was filled with the spirit of Jesus in 2007, a conviction which intensifies on a visit to Jerusalem. We're in the Church Holy Sepulchre, and this behind me is supposed to be the tomb of Christ. Well, I'm Christ. I'm not in the tomb. I'm not dead yet. But with no support, he lives in a squatter's camp outside London. My agreement with Jesus is I don't ask for money off people. If you're the Messiah, you shouldn't be asking for money. You should have faith that God will look after you.
5: Prove to me that you are a son of God!
1: But that is not a sentiment shared by Pastor Apollo Quibilloy, the most successful of the world's self-labeled saviors.
5: The official coming of the Son of God
4: was in April 13, 2005.
1: He was an obscure evangelist from the rural Philippines until 2005 when he announced that God had appointed him Christ on earth, his reward for a pure life. Sinful thoughts, uh, anger. Lust, any of those things, you don't experience those on a daily basis? As a human being? Yes. I have already overcome all of those. There is no apocalypse in Kibbaloi's message, no rapture or final judgment. Instead, he preaches that he is the model of Christianity. And as more people follow his example, God will gradually turn the earth back into the Garden of Eden. Do you perform miracles? For me, the greatest miracle is the changing of the spirit within but healing the sick, the manifestations oh, yes. of Jesus' yes. powers, you were you, able to we do have, that? We have, we have healing. You we are healing. healing and miracles happening. After taking his place as the appointed son, Kibbeloy's ministry has exploded. He claims to reach 6 million followers with his satellite TV network, numerous publications, private jet, and personal helicopters to avoid the bumpy road and impoverished villages that lead to the walled compound he calls the Kingdom of Jesus Christ. Here is his five-bedroom home surrounded by manicured gardens of imported grass. So this is your Garden of Eden. This is what we call the Garden of Eden Restored. (laughs) It's easy to see why this claim resonates in a country where 30 million endure crushing poverty with open hearts. This family lives just down the hill, next to the dump where Pastor Kibeloy's garbage is burned. If you could be anything in the world, what would you want to be? Go to heaven. To them, heaven really could exist inside Kibbeloy's gates, and it's why hundreds line up to carry his parasol. All the workers who toil in the grinding heat of the kingdom are volunteers, here to glorify the Father. Do you get paid for this? Uh, Juju tells me he gets $40 a week to feed his family. Minimum wage. And like the rest of the kingdom, he's expected to give 10% back to Kibbaloi. This may be the most beautiful spot in the Philippines.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's paid for by people who live on $2 a day. So how do you justify your, your lifestyle? I mean, your watch could probably feed 100 families for a month. If it's not God's will for me to have these
4: things I have,
2: yeah.
4: you can take it away. If it's God's will that, 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 that we follow. If it's God's will for us to live like this, you know, you can have a broken heart looking at me, but what can you do?
1: But they get their understanding of the will of God from you. Yes. And this, this nice young man wouldn't be holding this umbrella if he didn't believe the things you say. For us here, we see everything as a ministry. My talent is to preach. My talent is to be a leader. Not everyone can become a preacher or have been given a talent like me to go and lead the six million people. Right. But Jesus, when he when he walked the earth, according to the Bible, uh, lived among lepers and prostitutes. I live among among them. You have a private jet. I live among them. Before I had the private you're year. in a walled compound with mansions. We, before this, I lived among the, these people. Like, for example, that jet that you're talking about. Do you know that in 1983, I had the revelation of that jet? That the Lord is going to give me that.
3: Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so notice, though, that he takes 10% of people's money and if you're collecting anybody that's collecting 10% of people's money and you have hundreds of people or you have thousands of people, yeah, you can buy a jet, too. You can buy a jet, too, but you see how corrupt it is and what it leads to? And this man is deceiving thousands of people, And and it's kind of like what you see today when you have these preachers men and women, and they have what they call armor bearers. And this guy here, this cult leader there in the Philippines, he has, as he's sitting there on this video with the reporter, he had, there's two guys there holding umbrellas over their head to keep the sun away from them. So you would call that an armor bearer. And basically an armor bearer is a servant that has to do carry the guy's Bible, like carry your own Bible. You can't carry a Bible. And you see some of these divas, the diva preachers where they have to have somebody go and, uh, carry their Bibles, make sure that they bring them their water, wait on them hand and feet, uh, hand and foot, <laughs> hand and foot. And, uh, they have to drive them because they can't drive themselves. And I, I've met a couple of those divas in <laughs> in my lifetime where they make these demands if they're going to come and preach that they have to have this and they have to have that. And uh, I never made those kind of demands when I went. I went where I was invited and I didn't make any demands on people that they had to give me this kind of water. And they had to uh, put me in first class, and they had to pick me up with a chauffeur limousine. They have a, they have these kind of things in their contracts. They don't go when you see these conferences, and you, you these people don't go for free. No, if you want them, like if you want T D Jakes, there was someone that worked for uh, one of the youth ministries that invited T D Jakes to come for one hour to uh minister to their young people they had to give him a hundred thousand dollars he he came out with uh being interviewed on a radio program after he left this ministry and uh he said this is what we had to do when we worked at the ministry and and uh When we invited someone like T.D. Jakes, this is the contract that he had, that he had to have $100,000 cash. He had to stay in the presidential suite. He had to have certain candy and different and certain things in the room, the green room, before he went on. And he had to be picked up in a chauffeur-driven limousine, and he had to have... um, Extra money, the hundred thousand dollars was only his. The other money they had to pay for his jet fuel to uh for him to fly his private jet there. So they didn't come for free, and none of them, most of them don't. Uh, they don't do it because they want to preach the gospel and they they like to talk about faith, but they don't really have any faith. No, <laughs> because if you have faith, you go where you're invited whether they take up an offering or they don't take up an offering, you still go. And if they do, that's very nice. You, you would, you appreciate that. Of course, there's nothing wrong with people taking up offerings and, uh, but you don't have to be a diva or like, what are the uh, Hollywood celebrities or what preachers, but of course that's how they behave now. No, they don't go. They don't go. They have a long list of their requirements. If you want them to come and minister at your event, well, I don't. I don't really want you to minister at my event if that's going to be how you behave. Who who wants that? I don't care how famous they are, what kind of a big name they they have. But of course, when you when you have a conference or. You do want to bless your, your speakers. You do. You do want to be good to them. But you, you don't want these divas coming because they're going to be troubled. They're not coming to minister to people. They're coming to get a paycheck. And that can't be our reason, our number one reason for going out and preaching the gospel. Whether we get money or not, we still do it. Because Jesus said, "To go ye into all the world and preach the gospel freely you have received freely give, and that's a much better attitude than uh to have the attitude of these men and women that are so puffed up with pride and and self esteem <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, what good is it going to do you know in the long run but let me see. Uh, I might have a couple more clips here. I'm not sure if I played this one or not, but I had some clips from a woman, Elizabeth Claire Prophet, who was a New Age teacher, and a lot of the the same things that you hear Creflo Dollar and and Kenneth Copeland and Joyce Meyer and Paula White. A lot of the things that they say, she was saying about being gods and you, you have uh you can be God in your mind and you can achieve godhood in this life but it, it's a false teaching. It's a it's something that we can never achieve. I think if you want to to <laughs> destroy your self esteem, then start thinking of yourself more highly than you are. And start trying to achieve Godhood, you can't. You just can't. I think it hurts more people than it than uh, it can help people. I remember so many times being in these prophetic meetings, and people would give me these glowing prophecies about you're going to do this and you're going to do that, and and so then you're trying to live up to that prophecy that you have and you're you're hanging on to that thing and thinking, well, this is what God wants me to do and I have to go here and I have to go there and and somehow I have to try to bring this thing to pass. And a lot of people are deceived that way. So it's better for us just to stay, Lord, you show me what you want me to do. And I can't I can't live up to all those Glowing words and prophecies and i don't I don't even think I want to <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't even think I really want to, but it's a deception it it hurts people it hurts people i think I think it's better just to have the simple life to have or get up every day and and just try to get through the day because everyday life presents different situations and different problems. You might have a loved one that's got an incurable disease or somebody that's facing severe financial problems, and you look around now and you see all the people that are losing their jobs because they won't get a vaccination. Who thought we were going to see that? And there's shortages of... Things that you want to buy, you go in the grocery store, and there's empty shelves. We never used to see that they can't get they can't get things and as time goes on, we're going to see more and more of that. Our lives are different than they were a few years ago, totally different. We didn't have a pandemic we we uh weren't afraid of catching a virus that could kill us or that could make you very, very ill with long-lasting side effects, which affected believers and unbelievers alike. So whoever thought we were going to see anything like that? And then we see the overtaking of our country, the way our country was at one time, and we see the way it is now and how it's rapidly changing. And how the the uh, so-called church is changing and the gospel that they're preaching to people, how it's hurting people. And it could shipwreck their faith in the Lord Jesus if they're not rooted and grounded in him. So we have our work cut out for our saints and God help us, God help us, but... We want to warn people about the false prophets and the false teachers because they're such a detriment to people's faith. And they they shipwreck people by the thousands. And so we have to be there to uh, help pick up the pieces and try to get people back on the straight and narrow. Because the gospel is simple. It's it's a simple gospel. And we just try every day. We take every day as it comes. We thank God for, for getting us through the day. I thank God every day when I say, thank you, Lord, that I'm still well and I can still function. And that's the best way is just to take every day and ask God for help. And that we we uh, we have his word, which thank God we have that because that keeps us going. Because truly the days are evil and we have to stand and we have to be strong in these days. So anyway, that's our show for today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and I'm grateful that we got this sound problem solved. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And remember, the most important thing today is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The book of John says in the third chapter that ye must be born again. And I can testify that when I got down on my knees 40 years ago, almost 41 years ago, and I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and to be my Lord. He changed my life, totally. I was completely changed. I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away, and behold, all things became new. And I knew that I wanted to serve God with all my heart, and I wanted to do something for the Lord with my life because he did so much for me. Being born again is a real experience. So you may say, well, I've known some people that said they were born again, and They did this and they did that. But God's not going to ask you about them when uh, when you meet the Lord. No, he's going to ask you about you. So don't look at anybody else when you're trying to make a decision to serve Jesus. Because the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. So we're all responsible for our own lives. And you say, well, I have this sin and I did this thing and I don't know if God could ever forgive me. He can and he will. He will forgive you. And he puts all those, when when you're born again and you confess your sins, he forgives you and he forgets about it. And then you can forget about it. It's hard sometimes to forget about the things you've done. And maybe some of the ways that you have hurt other people. But God says he forgives you and he gives you a brand new start. And it's real. Jesus is real. He's a real person. He, he died and he rose from the dead. Everybody knows that story. And he ascended into heaven. And he sits at the right hand of the father making intercession for us. And he said that he's coming again. And he is coming again. So we have a great hope as Christians that we know where we're going when we die. We know we have a Savior that can save us from ourselves. (laughs) And that he could give us a brand new life and he could give us eternal life. So you can't lose. You can't lose serving Jesus. You'll never be sorry for it, never. So God bless you all today. And I wanna thank everybody in the chat room that stopped by and all the listeners around the world that tune in. Thank you all for being here and God bless you and keep you safe.